Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And welcome to another episode of Friends with Friends. My name is Pete Allison. This is Dave Cribb. Ahoy hoy. Hello, everybody. Uh, we are live. Uh, oh, no, we're not live. Oh, it's recorded live. What did, right now it's technically Currently live. it's live. Uh, we're doing our very first ever live show at the London Podcast Festival. Hello, everybody. Give us a cheer. It's good. It's good. That was the least smooth way of introducing a live episode <laughs> I've ever known, because I asked for the cheer. Yeah. Like, you're supposed to be like, oh, we're doing a live episode at London Park. Wait, I just said, give us a cheer. I mean, you can do it again. Nope, absolutely not. One take. No. <laughs> uh, it's our very first ever live episode. It's exciting, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. It's Thank you all for coming so much. Well, what we're going to do today is basically do the usual podcast, but with people in front of yeah. us, which and is actually, such a nice the, change. each other in front of us. Yeah, yeah. We are also, yeah, we're not usually anywhere near each other. Yeah, so Pete records the podcast in Leeds and I record it in London and this is the first time we've ever been in the same room together doing a podcast so yeah. if it's shit we know what the problem is <laughs> Alex Zane that's the problem um, uh, on which note please <laughs> sorry mate uh, please give a big hand to our uh, Friends of Friends guest today the wonderful Alex Zane <laughs> Are you well? I'm very well. Thanks Good. for having me on. I'm very yeah. excited to be here. Good. This um, cushion's uncomfortable. Can I get rid of it or is it? Yeah, just chuck it into the audience, I imagine. This... Woo! No one. Ooh, absolutely on no one. Nothing. We're just going to crack on with the podcast, I think, because at the risk of talking about friends before we start actually recording the podcast and then yep. wasting all our gold. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll just, should we just crack on with it and then we can do this sort Sorry, of this small is about, talk? This is about friends. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the television programme. Right, 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 yep. right. Okay, so my Seinfeld notes are screwed. <laughs> And our standard question when we have someone on uh, is talk to us about your, your relationship with friends, I think is how we phrase it, isn't yeah. it? Your relationship with friends, tell us where it started. Well, Pete, I think you've picked the best word there. It is a relationship I had yeah. with friends. I want to take you on a journey back to 1997. My friends in 1997 were the cast of Friends. Uh, Exclusively just them. Like, for real. So I was, like, this is what happens. You, you kind of have a lonely childhood if you're the only kid at school to carry a briefcase. And uh, that was a choice I made. Uh, which why? Was, uh, why? Because 
I just figured at a 2,000 pupil comprehensive school, statistically one other person might have a briefcase and it was going to be a surefire way to bond. No one, not one. No, no one had a briefcase but me. And so uh, someone gave me a VHS of old Friends episodes, like season one and two that I'd not seen on TV. And I sort of, I went through them and then got to season three and basically, um, obviously if you carry a briefcase, you're a very studious person. Mm. So when I was revising for my A-levels, I used to, I did the like revision reward motif. Yeah, that, yeah. that motif. Yeah. And so I'd, I'd like do loads of work and then I'd go and watch like three episodes of Friends when I finished revising. And for some reason, drank a glass of Baileys. Uh, which, <laughs> granted, is the weirdest thing for an 18-year-old. Crack open the Baileys and sit down for some Friends. <laughs> I'm not sure we should be talking about Friends today. <laughs> I'd like to talk about your childhood. <laughs> this is therapy, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, so... You come onto this podcast, you choose your favourite episode of Friends. What was your sort of process? I went on pure emotion here. Okay. I mean, and believe me, there's a lot of emotion. I used to, I mean, like, I, my love for Friends, it, it transcends, like, just this episode. I picked an episode, but I used, I had a C90 cassette. Remember C90 cassettes, like Walkman's? On the school bus, it was a 40-minute ride into school. I had the Rembrandt's song, I'll Be There For You, looped on two sides of a C90, and I used to listen to it, including the crap bit that no one liked, where it goes, no one will ever know you. And you're like, what's this? This isn't the Friends theme. So, um, so I've, picked, I've picked an episode which I feel is probably one of the best episodes of all time of Friends from the best season of Friends, and I'm going for season three, okay. episode two. Yep. The one where no one's ready. Yeah, Ooh. that's right. Yeah, yes. there's a nice sort of combination of reactions yeah. of like a few people whooped and then quite a lot of people. I'm going to be blamed to this side of the room. Yeah. <laughs> over here, they were like, oh, can no, we I leave? No, I think a lot of people went, very good, very well done, Alex. We did tweet the name of that episode as well. So has anyone done any homework and watched that in advance of coming to see? We have got some, okay, that's good. They're that's, the ones who cheered, you remember, extreme. right? Well yeah. done, that's good, yeah. So that means you also might have some help when it comes to the lightning round later where we ask you, like specific details in our little quiz. Bring it. Um, so if you Bring don't have it. The answers. Um, I think, I'm going to say it, this is the best episode of Friends. <gasps> I wouldn't disagree. All together. I wouldn't disagree. It's, it's, like, it's perfect. It's a bottle episode, yeah. is what they call it, because it's just the main cast in one location. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I, I, it was done because Kevin S. Bright, the exec, was like, I, I want to save money for later episodes. I don't know what that money was spent on because yeah. it's not—it's not a big sort of guest star series. I mean, what did they spend it on? Like the, creating the giant poking oh. device? Like, yeah. Did they need a handler for the chick and the duck? It's like where did that money go? But as it turns out, all you need is the main cast in a room, and also, uh, you know, it's Chandler. It's all about Chandler, and this is one of Chandler's finest episodes. I mean, we're only about three minutes in, aren't we? And we've got to the Chandler problem, so yeah, we've got right. a split here. Uh, on this podcast, if you if you haven't listened before, I really like Chandler. I guess you're on that same side, Pete. I think I phrased it in the last episode. Well, I, 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 am I allowed to swear? Yes. Okay. I, I swear. I, I said in the last episode that I feel like throughout the whole series of Chandler, people should tell him to fuck off a bit more. <laughs> like he he gets away with being a bit of a prick quite a lot. You did say we were allowed to swear. Yeah. Shut up, Pete, you dick. <laughs> No, I, I listen. I'm, I'm kind. I'm kind of. If I can, like, be that idiot who goes, I'm going to sit on the fence. So for the first four seasons, Chandler is hands down the best character. He's brilliant. Then he gets together with Monica, and pfft, yeah. he bottoms out. Yeah. It's like after season five onwards, you watch Friends going, where is he? Why is he not good anymore? 
But what happens at that point is Ross, like, literally picks up the mantle. And for the second half of Friends seasons, like, from five onwards, especially towards the end when we get unhinged Ross, like, (laughs) rage Ross, like, I'm making fajitas, Ross. Like, Ross is, hands down, the funniest for the last five, Chandler's the first five. Are you happy with that? Yeah, no, that's allowed. Thanks very much. (laughs) I I think Ross in those last five speaks to, like, who we all are today, because, like, he's just, like, so angry. And, like, you just find yourself, like, in the Anagi episode where he's like, danger, danger! Yeah. Like, I, I feel like every time I turn on the news in 2018, I'm that Ross, because I, I, I'm just like, gah, danger! <laughs> um, let's talk about your episode then, shall we? Okay. Let's, let's go through it. I think as we go on in, in this live, this is our very first ever live one, mm-hmm. um, and so I'd like to discuss more of these sort of general friends debates, you know, best characters, best seasons, yeah, yeah, yeah. all that sort of stuff. Um, but let's crack in with the episode, series three, episode two, the one one one's ready. I'll do you know that again, because I said it wrong. Mm-hmm. Season three, episode two, the one one, fucking up. <laughs> Listen, if you just want to talk about a different episode, we can. Yeah, is that all right? Can't really say one bit of that. Season three, episode two, the one where no one's ready. First time, cool. Um, this is the <laughs> official Wikipedia synopsis of this episode, just in case you haven't seen it recently. Ross is in a hurry to get everyone dressed for an important banquet at the museum, but everyone keeps delaying. Monica freaks out when she hears an answer phone message from Richard, and Joey and Chandler fight over a chair. <laughs> I That's love quite fa- concise by those normal Wikipedia uh, yeah. standards as well. Someone chuckled at the word banquet, which really, <laughs> really tickled me. It is a funny word. That's banquet. our standard of audience, Alex. No one's been to a banquet. Um, so, yeah, it's, there's, 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 it's a strange one, isn't it? Because normally you have these sort of different plot lines all playing alongside each other and then quite often they'll tie together at the end. This is all, as you say, six characters in one room. But there are sort of three separate strands to it. And when you really distill it down to what they are, that Joey and Chandler plotline is, is insane, isn't it? Just, it's the best. They're just fighting over a chair. I can, I, I mean, I can really relate to that. I think, I don't, I don't know whether it's specific to me, but I had a younger brother, so everything about fighting over that chair, I'm like, that's, that's, this, that's more dramatic than ridiculous to me. That's like, I, I see more reality in that than anything to do with Ross and Rachel. Mm. I'm like, yeah, give them the chair back! <laughs> I think that's one of the things about this episode, though, isn't it? Because I think, strangely, this is like almost like a pilot episode of Friends in that, like, all the characters are perfectly set up for you in this you can watch this one episode of friends and know everything you need to know so true about uh, about each one of them so ross is sort of the grown-up that's trying to keep control of the situation trying to rally them monica's obsessive and she can't let go of this thing joey and chandler are kids and they can't really get a grasp on reality rachel has this sort of strange juxtaposition of being like quite vain but then also reliving her life as this sort of newfound independence she's got mm-hmm. and then phoebe just does something weird gets covered in hummus yeah i mean yeah. I, phoebe i'm, yeah. I'm yeah. just like well. well we can cover phoebe's involvement in this episode in i reckon the next 35 seconds can't we <laughs> she has one good line in this episode we could it's it's towards the end so i don't want to spoil it but she has one good line people have seen it don't worry <laughs> oh yeah when was it made? 1997? Yeah. <laughs> I think Is it not a spoiler? I think it's expired, the oh, spoiler. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay, well, it's a, it's, a, but it, it's a bit towards the end where uh, where Monica is like, maybe we can call the phone company, maybe they can change his number. Yeah. And Phoebe goes, well, I think he'll be doing that himself after this. Yeah. <laughs> Great line. Everything else, pfft. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? Because she just... It, I feel a bit sorry for her in this episode. She, what, she's, well, she's, her main involvement is that she looks nice and then gets covered in hummus. Like, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's the extent of Phoebe's involvement. Um, but there is that... Can you imagine Lisa Kudrow getting the script and going, that's it? Really? <laughs> this is... 
This is all you've got for me? I get hummus on me? Okay. Her choice of thing to cover up the hummus stain as well. As a reminder, if you haven't watched this episode recently, it is a, it's a Christmas decoration, isn't it? Which I think I only appreciated in the full high definition of Netflix when I watched it. Uh, it's, it takes up quite a large amount of her dress. Um, can anyone spotted what is actually in? inside the thing there's a there's a stuffed reindeer in there like <laughs> amid all the christmas garland if you look closely there is a, a toy reindeer just attached to her boob which is a strong look for a banquet right. i uh, i know we were going deep on this episode but <laughs> oh, yeah. i looked closely because i've always wondered what it actually is because it looks like just a wreath or something yeah. but you yeah, know there's a little reindeer in there <laughs> spotting him it's a hell of a wreath <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry they've passed christmas <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's pretty much it isn't it for her? There's that's not much she, more to say. That's on her, all she right? really does. Um, but then the other sort of plot lines, so we've got Joey and Chandler, we've got Ross and Rachel, and we've got the Monica thing with Richard. So where do you want to start? Pick a, pick a plot. Well, I think we should start at the beginning, because I think you said it perfectly when it really establishes, like, every Friends character. You could watch this, and this be your first episode of Friends ever, and go, I, I get it. I mm. get all these relationships. Like the bit at the start where Joey drinks the fat oh, in the yeah. fridge. And Chandler goes, yeah, I did that two minutes ago. Yeah. It's like you already established their friendship and like the fact that that gag in itself is like, is so quintessentially a perfect gag. Because if you think about how normally someone might play that gag, Joey drinks the fat and you get the spit take that happens in so many sitcoms where he goes, yeah. and it all comes out. He drinks the fat, takes the time to put it back in the fridge, <laughs> swallows it and then goes, it's fat. I, yeah. ju I just drank fat, which is a, just a really wonderful start to the episode. I, I think at that point we are about seventeen seconds in. Mm. Yeah, it's the Killer first thing, gag isn't it? to start. It. I think before the, the credits is my favourite line in all of Friends as well. I've already said this is my favourite episode, but I think the favourite line in all of Friends is where Ross and Rachel are having a chat, and Joey goes uh, cider, and Ross goes no, and then just before the credits he just goes. Glass of fat. <laughs> I think it's the, the best three words in all of Friends. I mean, I'm going to argue that that glass of fat is possibly the best guest appearance <laughs> on any episode of Friends. Screw Brad Pitt. Like, the glass yeah. of fat is the best. The whole chair thing, like, this is, this is vintage Chandler and Joey, because when they just let Chandler and Joey be Chandler and Joey and interact and it's just the two of them like for me they they at this point were the finest comedy double act on TV like I mean like better than Seinfeld and George like you know better than I mean I, I don't want to over egg it but better than Sharon and Tracy from Birds of a Feather like, <laughs> I mean they, Oof, hold the line there mate I know but they they were golden just watching the two of them like just given the space to sort of like do what they do. You get a really good idea of what it must be like for them living together as well, because there's a whole juvenile side of the, the argument over the chair, but there's also that kind of attitude of just finding something that vaguely looks like cider and deciding to drink it. Like, it's, <laughs> it's a very student mindset of, I think I can consume that, and therefore it'll do. So I think it is a good typical example of what life must be like for those two. But the prank element, the fact that Chandler plays a prank on him, yeah. I mean, it, it's great. And fundamentally, making someone drink fat is funny yeah. like it's, it, within the sort of in the way it happens in the episode I don't mean like holding someone down fat boarding someone <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah shoving a funnel in Joey's mouth and Rachel pours fat down yeah, yeah this episode started weirdly yeah. <laughs> there is a um, as with all the friends and we, we let's just touch on it now and then we can move past it there is that moment where you go ah oh, there's the casual homophobia and we do get a little bit of this where Chandler sits on Joey in the chair 
and goes, oh, I'm, I'm really comfortable. And Joe goes, oh, yeah, maybe a bit too comfortable. And Chandler <laughs> leaps up like... Absolutely horrified. The, horror, like, the worst thing you could possibly think of. But it's, that, it, it's not just the speed at which he gets up. It's then he engages in a conversation with Ross and he's still sort of going... Ugh, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, like, yeah. the idea hasn't dissipated from his mind and he's yeah. still revulsed by it. But I was taken when Dave said, come on this. I was like, I was like, great, all right, I'll rewatch some episodes. And it is amazing how many of those kind of jokes are in, like, the older episodes. Episodes like the bit yeah. where Chandler's teaching Joey to smoke, and he goes, "Yeah, no, don't hold it like that. You know, relax the wrist." And Joey goes like that. And he goes, "Whoa, not that much." Yeah. It's like, yeah. wait, what year was this? Yeah, I know. There's a lot of problems, which for a light-hearted podcast is tricky to navigate sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> We've just generally sort of taken the approach of just accepting that there are problematic things in there. Yeah, let's recognize them and then look at the funny bits. Yeah, but I, I agree. Some of the dated stuff. Is, is really funny. The episode where Chandler and Joey take the baby out to try and score mm. with chicks. Yeah. Uh, I, and like Joe, there's a group of girls and Joey says to Chandler, yeah, uh, point him, point him. <laughs> and I am literally quoting it. Point him at that pack of babes. And you're like, <laughs> pack of babes? Pack of yeah. babes? Wow. Really troubling, isn't it? <laughs> Um, should we scoot past the problems of friends? Yeah, sure. and then we'll, put a, we'll put a pin in them for the time being. I'm sure they'll flag themselves up. There'll be more. Yeah, there'll, yeah. there'll be more. Um, so the chair thing's happening, and this is when Monica picks up the message from Richard on the answer phone. So there's that really nice sequence where there's an answer phone message from Phoebe. There's one from Ross. And that's a really nice moment in this episode where Ross is on the answer phone going, Rach, <laughs> hey, Rachel, Rach, Rach. And she comes out, and she goes, what? And he goes, Never mind. <laughs> and, uh, but that's so. That's again. That's perfect. Like uh, their relationship is so relatable because you can go. You can sort of go. He did that because he re- he thought through in his mind the time it would take to explain the answer phone situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And just goes nothing. <laughs> yeah. Just I'm just not nothing. going to explain it. Also, get back in there. <laughs> get ready. It is worth saying, like a lot, and I do mean a lot of the humour in this episode comes from the current phone technology of 1997. <laughs> like, a lot. Yeah. You, really, like, you really have to go, right, answer phones, how did they work again? <laughs> yeah, so the that... idea of them dialing, being able to dial into each other's voice from different places and stuff like that, you just have to accept that the yeah, this technology is was very different. Completely before my time, I had no idea yeah. how that worked. Because she manages to hear Rich's voicemails despite it not being his phone. But then she can also record his outgoing message yeah, from, from a different her place. flat, yeah. which seems mad. But is that how, does anyone remember answer phones in 1995? <laughs> is that how they worked? That's a really niche question. <laughs> I mean, careful who you look at when you're asking that question. Do you uh, <laughs> does remember answer ceiling. phones? There's that amazing line as well, isn't there, where Phoebe goes, um, oh, she must have that caller ID thing. It's like, oh yeah, that really dates it back to then. Yeah, and you can imagine in the writer's room going, we're going to have to explain this. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Every time the phone comes in, it's like, no, I have a special code that I can enter into this phone to access his phone. You go, this isn't funny. It's yeah, like just explaining how an answer phone works. Yeah, there's a lot of technical business. We should talk about, um, we should talk about that message on the answer phone, though, because I really, I, I, like... I have a problem. I love this episode, but I have a problem with that message. So the message, like the whole like ruse, uh, if you will, is that Monica thinks Richard might be dating again when she hears the message. She thinks it might be from like a girlfriend. And it's as I've understood, we can do spoilers. So as it turns out, it's from his sister. Now I get daughter, yeah, daughter. Sorry, yeah, yeah, daughter. Uh, Now I get like within the construct of this episode. 
it needs to sound like flirty. So it throws the ball up in the air. He's like, is it his daughter or is it yeah. like a date? Yeah. That message, like if I had a daughter, like for the purpose, <laughs> for the purpose of this conversation, I've got a daughter. If my daughter left me a message that went, hola, <laughs> yesterday was amazing. Give me a call about the weekend. I'd be like, yo, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Don't yeah. leave messages like that. You're my daughter. Yeah, it's awful, isn't How it? close are we? I know, and, and they never address that either, do no. they? They all just go, oh, yes, his daughter. That's cool. I was like, no. No, it's not. It's like literally, hey, like if my, my daughter, again, I have a daughter for the sure. purpose of this. If my daughter, we'll call her Mildred, rang me. <laughs> it's a great name. The, sex, the sexiest Don't laugh, that's names. what I'm going to call my daughter. To Mildred. Uh, if she rang me, like I'd expect her to go, hey dad, uh, listen, blah blah blah, got this shit going on. Yeah. Yo, uh, I haven't brought her up very well. Uh, <laughs> but like, but like, I, if she was like, hola, what you doing, stud? <laughs> <laughs> it needs to be vaguer, doesn't it? It needs to be vaguer so they can actually question whether it's her or not. Yeah. But then Monica dials Michelle, and then there's a whole. Pro I mean, there's a bit of this that I think there's a slight non sequitur that I slightly picked up on is where. So Michelle rings Monica back yep. from because she has this cool caller ID thing, and sh and Monica goes off and goes, oh hey yeah sorry that was me I dialed you by mistake, and then the next thing we see is Monica coming back going no I only dialed your dad's answer phone and then hacked into it because of and it's like why did that come up? <laughs> she she literally already got away with it she already went I dialed you by mistake and Michelle's gone oh cool sorry to hear about you and my dad. And yeah. that was it. Yeah, what, yeah. what happens in the middle of that I mean, Monica's an idiot, basically. <laughs> yeah. She's gone, oh, let me tell you what I just did. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. wait, actually, no. Uh, but that whole, that whole bit where she, like, Michelle hangs up on her, yeah. and Monica goes, that bitch always hated me. Yeah. You're like... That's another one of those really jarring moments where swear words in Friends feels weird, because I've, I'm, I was used to watching on E4, those two episodes back to back, at five o'clock, therefore you'd never hear a word like bitch. And so when I, the first time I think I've seen that line was when I watched that episode for this. It's like, Monica, no. I don't, I don't like swearing Wait, in Friends. was this the first time you'd heard the word bitch? <laughs> yes, I never knew what that meant before today. No, it, it, it just doesn't feel... Swear words feel really jarring to me when watching Friends, and there's a lot of them. There are, yeah, and a lot of them that got cut out. And I, I feel like you're a bit like Phoebe, in that when you were young. That's so offensive. <laughs> <laughs> you know how Phoebe's, Phoebe's mum always stopped the films before the sad ones. Yes, this yes, is like that's that, true. That's you yeah. and Friends, yeah. you were never allowed to watch. I the like swear PG words. Friends. Yeah, yeah, and now you're a grown man watching them going. They did a swear. Yeah. Like, see, in the in in the in the context of when Monica says it, because she's like that bitch about Michelle. At that point, I'm like, yeah, Michelle seems like a bitch. Like, I'm kind of with you, Monica, because like, like Michelle, like when she answers the phone to Monica, like the hola thing wasn't a one-off to her dad. When she answers the phone to Monica, she again goes, hola, yeah. and you're like, I mean, you're a bit of a bitch. <laughs> like, who answers the phone with hola? Like, and I checked this, Pete, so I did check, so I'm not saying anything wrong. Like, there is no history in Richard's family from the previous seasons of any Spanish heritage <laughs> whatsoever. Like, I checked, so it's not about that. Like, she just, like, reappropriates the word hola, and it's... It's, she's a bitch. I mean, we go into some detail on this podcast, but <laughs> I think that is the furthest anyone's ever gone to prove a thing in this podcast. Thanks, though. I feel that like you're really part of this now. <laughs> You've really gone too far and made us look 
if anything, quite normal. I had a quiet weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Alex did say this before before we started recording. He was like, I've done nothing else in the last five days in Jasmine's ears. All I've done is watch Friends. Right, if, do you do that? You, I, like, I was like, I'll just watch the episode I'm going to talk about. And then I went, geez, there's so many. And they're so good. And I'm so lonely. <laughs> How many did you watch before you... I, probably about 40. <laughs> really? Yeah, I really went for it, yeah. Aww. I think every time that I've watched an episode for, before we've recorded a podcast, I've ended up watching the one following it as well, which is down to Netflix just throwing the next one at you as yeah, well. Yeah, there are. There, yeah, there are quite a lot of times when we're recording the podcast where Pete will go, and we'll have to edit it out in the podcast, will go, and then there's the bit... Oh, hang on, wait. Is that in the yeah, episode the wrong after one. it? Or yeah, the one I'm talking about the wrong about? one. There's a lot of confusion. Um, there is another swear in this, isn't there? When Chandler says to Joey, he goes, get out of my chair, dill hole! Oh, yeah. <laughs> in the words like, of A.A. Milne. You're like, dill hole? Yeah. Dill hole, what's that? I looked it up. I suggest... <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Quiet weekend. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, if you Google like, like, uh, the meaning of dill hole, you will not be happy with what comes up as like, the first answer on Google. And I think... like. For some reason, that's become the favourite answer on, on Google. I'm not going to... Really, this isn't a build-up to me saying it because it's disgusting. But, like, there's... Uh, <laughs> you go, Dave. Uh, the meaning of dill hole. I think you should look at it and then determine whether you should say it in front of a room of people. And then... Oh, no. Right, no, there no. you go. <laughs> See? See, but I think the actual thing is, like, they did it in a lot of... They did it in that 70s show and they yeah. did it in, like, Beavs and Butthead. They, like, dill hole, they replaced dick hole. Like right. with dill hole, because they're not allowed to say dick hole on TV. I would ask the question, whoever used dick hole <laughs> as an insult? Yeah. Like, is that, maybe it's an American thing, but you never, you dick hole. It's yeah. like you're a dick or you're an asshole or an arsehole or, you know, some kind Wherever of hole, but not are. a dick hole. Does it ever become clear whether Richard actually rings her? Do we ever find out whether her whole faff that she causes? Well, is... this is the strange thing, isn't it? Because I don't think it's cleared up. No, I don't think it's cleared up. And also, she leaves. The, the, the last thing we see of that plot yeah. line is Monica leaving, having left that answer phone message. Yeah, on and his... because the taxis are there, they've just got to yeah. go. Yeah, so yeah. Monica, is this a st I mean, they have to leave, you're right, but she has displayed some really, like, in-depth technical knowledge of an answer phone. <laughs> but at this point, she's gone, well, I guess there's nothing I can do about that. But she does give out the best, like when she hears, like the one thing, I, I, not the one thing Courtney Cox uh, could do, but like one of her best things, she says, screams the best nose throughout every mm, season. Yeah. Like she does the best nose. And when she realizes the outgoing message, we go, no, it's just like, it's, she's really good at that. So Monica leaves, she's left this message. So the, uh, Fun trivia fact, guys. Uh, do you know Courtney Cox was the first person to say the word period on American TV? In this episode? No, 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 in ever. And that reference was a, a little nod to that, apparently. So ah. in 1980, got my note, <laughs> uh, Courtney Cox did a Tampax commercial where she was, it was the first time the word period had been said on American TV. And they hadn't just said time of the month or, you know, any, any of the other alternatives. So I don't um, think that's true, because don't Americans say, and that's it. Period. Sure. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure point. people have yeah. said period quite a in lot. In that context. Yeah, but, but okay. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, right. So yeah, so that little line in there where she said, oh, I don't know, I must have been on my period or something, maybe, maybe on my period, is, um, yeah, it's a little nod back to that. I, I wonder how many people watching that episode went, huh? Yeah? That's, <laughs> that's Tampax commercial. <laughs> I'd just like to bring some facts to you, Alex. There's another, another good fact, going commando. Uh, entered the mainstream because of this episode of Friends. That's absolutely true. Yeah, yeah. so this is the first time that it... Like, before this episode, that just... Well, it, it was no, no, so it'd been around since the 60s, 70s, yeah. 
There's a lot of France brought it back. Yeah, I've read up a lot about this, and it's very dull. You've read up a lot about people going commando. <laughs> yeah, so this this weekend specifically. Do you ever go commando yourself while we're on the subject? Uh, no, no, not, me out, neither. not outdoors. <laughs> okay. No, but I. Uh, no, I. I, 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 I kind of. It was. It was just a really odd turn of phrase, yeah, Dave. Yeah. No, no, not outdoors, but indoors, eh? Come you know, pajamas, you might. Yeah, exactly, yeah, with pajamas. Okay. But that's normal. You know, that's, that's fine, okay. isn't it? Yeah. I have a real thing. I, like, I worry that if I went commando ever and I, I took my jeans off before I took my t-shirt off, I'd be standing there with a top on and nothing on my bottoms, and I find that so creepy. What? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what it is. I, I, like, girls do it a lot, and I think girls can get away with it. I, I don't know why, but I feel really strange if I've got a top on and no bottoms. Out of interest, in what situation in public are you taking your jeans off? <laughs> that that might then become a problem. Not outdoors. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to become my catchphrase. Not outdoors, guys. Um, <laughs> let's move on, shall we? Hey, I do have a really weird theory, because at the end of this episode, like, uh, Ross is like, uh, come on, I have two cabs and no people. Go, go, go. Yeah. And I think, like, sort of Ross treating, like, getting them in the cabs as a kind of, like, military sort of operation, and Joey's use of the word commando and fatigues, I do think maybe on a subliminal level, this episode is designed to make more young Americans join the army. <laughs> This is like the Join the Navy episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> um, okay. It's a theory. It is I, a theory. I've no, heard more stranger theories throughout time. Have we? <laughs> no, that's probably top. Yeah, that is probably the weirdest one, isn't it? Okay, well, let's explore that, I and mean, maybe we'll come back to it on a future episode. I think it's unlikely. Okay. Did it make you want to join the army? Listen, I, I, I joined straight after watching it. <laughs> that's why I you're leave off. after this podcast. Yeah, you're off. <laughs> Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. We talked about the bottle episode, haven't we? And, and the fact that this was all done to save money. Mm. So um, the idea of the bottle episode is always that, you know, you've only got the main members stay in of the, the same cast, place, stay yeah. in the same room, only one set. And that's fine for like 21 minutes of this episode. And then the last 25 seconds, 
there are more extras than have ever been in Friends <laughs> at that banquet. And they've also they've got someone else to do a speaking role. They've got like 40 people at this banquet just sitting around in, in a completely separate location. Yeah. What, what's happened there? <laughs> Who's done the budget on that? We saved a lot of money. Let's spunk it on the post-credits. Yeah, exactly. Like a really weird throwaway bit at the end. Yeah, of the and it does fall into that trap. Like every American sitcom, they go, oh, we've got a posh British guy. Let's go to town on the name. Like it's like, oh, and he's yeah. called, what's he, he's called like, well, Sherman Whitfield. You're like, I was going to say, no don't, don't ruin the quiz, country. Alex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've just answered one of those questions. Great. Though. But that's, that's the sign that you'll do well in the attention to detail quiz in a while. Yeah. For, for podcast listeners at home, Alex is looking smug. Yeah. Forgot, forgot, forgot it was a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's also a podcast. It's mainly a podcast. That's yeah. it. I don't know. <laughs> let's, let's, let's do a couple of the, the big friends questions, shall we? Because okay. Me and Pete quite often talk about this, and I feel like we actually never address it because we talk about one specific episode. We never really go... The broader questions. The broader the questions. The big questions. And so we've sort of briefly touched on them in the past. I'd like to get your answers to the following questions. Who is the best character that's not in the main six in Friends? Mr. Heckles. Oh. No? I, Mr. Heckles, no? I love Mr. Not a Heckles. Not reaction, is it? Not a good reaction. I, I'm really, I'm really, I'm really, I'm, right, I'm, gonna, I'm, okay. I'm really pissed off, actually. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm angry. Uh, Mr. Heckles is brilliant. Like, his first appearance, played by Larry Harkin, who was in Escape from Alcatraz, he's like, he's just, like, the bit where they bring the cat round. I think pretending it's, to own the cat, that is a good pretending bit. Pretending yeah, yeah. to own the cat, and granted, every time after that, isn't quite as good. And then he dies. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously that's not the funniest bit. No. <laughs> but the cat bit where he goes, is this your cat? And he goes, yeah, that's my cat. Yeah. And like, clearly what? isn't his cat. What's Rachel his goes, name? Yeah, Bar what's his, Buttons. Bar Buttons. Here, Bar Buttons. It's just, it's really good. And then they disappear. But it's the way every time he answers the door to them, he sticks his head out and looks down the corridor before mm. speaking to them. I think he's, he's great. He's a great guy. I think you've been unfairly dealt a hand there by the audience. They yeah. really, they really didn't go who's, for that. Who's yours? Well, I'm going to say, maybe we should both say one and see if it gets better or worse reactions. Oh. Have you got one, Pete? My favourite character outside of... Uh, see... We were talking about this a while ago, and we both agreed on best... Um, are we going for not, like, guest star? Just somebody... Yeah, like recurring character. Then it's Estelle for me. Oh, see? That's the reaction hey, you wanted. You. <laughs> Estelle, I think, for her... Um, just how... She's like a pantomime character within Friends, she's I think. so good, isn't she? Yeah. She's so wonderfully done, yeah, yeah. I agree, Estelle's good. Yeah. Not as good as Mr. Heckles. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, mine's Jack Geller. Yes. Ah. Ooh. <laughs> There was like one yes, and they're on a, mm, you're right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think Jack Geller's wonderful. He steals every scene he's in, I think. I think he's brilliant. Yeah. That's fine. We're, okay, let's do it the other way around. Worst character in Friends. Uh, that's easy for me, and I think uh, Gunther. Oh. Ooh. Blasphemy, really? <laughs> now, I, I, let me explain. Let me, who, who thinks I'm right? Gunther's awful, right? Yeah? yeah? Yeah. What's awful about Gunther? Gunther, like, tells Rachel that Ross cheated on her with Chloe. Yeah, that's so pretty shitty. So, hands yeah. down, like, and I get, oh, Gunther always had a thing for Rachel. Like, because Gunther does that, we then have to suffer, like, <laughs> like all the fallout from that. Like, yeah, it was funny at the start. We were on a break. Great. But, like, because of Gunther, you track back to that moment. If he hadn't told her and she didn't find out, we would never have had Rachel and Joey. So that's yeah. Gunther's fault. So Gunther is the worst character. Okay. Thank you. Okay. That's a good case. 
My favorite thing about Gun- so there's, there's like the famous story that, that that James Michael Tyler was sort of working as a, an extra and he knew how to use a coffee machine and that's why he became Gunther originally or something. Whether that's a bit, it feels like it's a bit of a, a fable. But um, my favorite thing about him, as the series has progressed and the the rest of the cast got too famous, they would just send him. So like, do you remember when he was on Graham Norton to promote <laughs> the new series of Friends? Because none of the others could be fucked to fly to London. So they just sent Gunther. I really like him. You just sort of feel that he couldn't, like, he should have got a bit better at acting. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't mean him any disrespect, but he's not, like, for every good line he delivers, like, there's three episodes where he just sort of fluffs it. It's mm. like, it's not great. And you think, like, the minute, like, they go, we really like you the way you did that first line. We're going to probably use you a bit more. You would go, I'll probably get some acting lessons then because sure. I, I really just work in a coffee shop. So, like, at that point, like, but he doesn't really get... I know, if I was him, I'd have gone, like, I am obviously so good at this <laughs> that I do not need to do anything else. The only good Gunther bet I can think is when he buys that cat from um, from Rachel uh, purely Mrs. because Mrs. Whiskerson. Mrs. Whiskerson, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Other than that, I'm struggling to think of anything to defend Gunther with. I know that me and Pete have the same least favourite character. Yeah, which I think we've probably referenced. Oh, we've definitely referenced before. Should we say it on the count of three? Yeah. One, two, three. Emily. Emily. Uh, uh, she was dealt a short straw. I yeah, feel really, really sorry for Helen Baxendale. Like, no. I, I think, I, I mean, yeah, it's. I think it's an easy one to do. Like, I think she, like, it's a shitty role. Like, in like, she's parachuted into like the middle of this Ross and Rachel thing, and everyone is watching, going, "We love Ross and Rachel. Why aren't Ross and Rachel together? Ross and Rachel need to be together. Love Ross and Rachel. It's so upsetting." And then she comes in, and they give her this sort of hoity-toity British character, and everyone goes, "Ugh, don't like her." And I just feel sorry for her. I really do. I think she's better than like you give her credit for. I'm, I, I'm angry with you both. Yeah, you are. <laughs> a passionate defense of Emily. I mean, am, am I not right? Isn't, it, isn't she hard done by? Right, good. Good, well, never Perhaps. never let it be said I don't flip-flop. Fuck. I hate her in this. Perhaps. Emily is rubbish, am I right? Perhaps she's dealt... Uh, Emily! Perhaps she's dealt a, a difficult hand until the point where she's so unreasonable about... Well, so unreasonable he did say the name of the wedding. Yeah. Oh, never you're right. Um, right? So, yeah, 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 you just said it. He it's said so someone complex. else's name that she already had a problem with yeah. at their wedding, and you're like, yeah, screw Emily. Emily, right? No. <laughs> yeah. is, is there a pre-existing Emily problem with Rachel before? Not like not a major one, not not more than. But just in, a, in as much a, as there would girl. be because they're an ex and yeah. they're you there. do get the vibe. Like there is like the scene where she, Ross flies to London to try and meet her, and she's flown to New York to meet yeah. him, and she comes into the apartment, and they're all like all the friends are there, and they're like, oh no, he's in London, uh, you know. But like you know, uh, we can talk, and she's like, mm, no, uh, I just speak to Ross, thanks, yeah. and you're yeah. like. Oh wow, you are one of those girls who doesn't want to make friends with his friends. But so. that is, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think we get to that one of those girls. <laughs> one of those girls. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> you really know how to work a crowd, don't you? That's why we got you on the live show. Making friends. <laughs> but then they, then it gets to the stage where they're inviting Rachel to the wedding, don't they? And Emily's like, oh, you're inviting Rachel. Yeah, yeah I guess She's so. That's sufficiently cool. over it, isn't I've she? I've done a very good long-term way of making sure that never happens to me, by the way. And I don't say the name Rachel at the alter and it's incorrect by dating a girl called Rachel mm. so it's a really it's a very long term but that also suggests that you might be with someone purely because they're cold <laughs> probably wouldn't tell your girl <laughs> yeah I haven't thought through the uh, consequences of that no, let's move on 
I'm just looking at any remaining things that yeah. I haven't done. Okay, any other business. I have so a new section. I have Rachel's first outfit option. Does anyone spot this when um, when she's choosing things? The first thing she brings out is something which she might wear to what we've already established as a banquet is some sort of woolen jacket. <laughs> and, then, then, and then when she's holding the woolen jacket and I think some sort of trousers, something she says, I can't wear that. It makes my calves look big. And yeah. you think, no, it's made of wool. <laughs> like, that's why you shouldn't wear it to a banquet. <laughs> it really is the worst outfit. It's, like, it's, yeah. it's terrible. For a very fashionable woman as well, she is. Yeah, but then there's the whole, then there's the whole conceit about the, the, uh, the little Bo Peep Halloween outfit because yeah. Ross goes in and oh the inflatable sheep we were talking about this I, so for anyone who's not watched the episode there is a reference to a little Bo Peep outfit that Rachel that Ross suggests Rachel should wear he yeah. doesn't realise it's a Halloween costume and then the, the, the outfit comes with inflatable sheep which Rachel then says to Chandler which by the way Chandler I want back at some point yeah. and it's the few you don't get clarification on what he'd been doing with the inflatable sheep yeah, yeah. For, for, for a while yeah. it comes like a couple of minutes later it's very strange but that bit that whole bit like because like if you listen like I watched that bit and this audience reaction the studio audience reacts really weirdly to that <laughs> line because like she goes yeah which I'd like back Chandler and people are like ha 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 because it has like the pattern of a joke and then people go ha ha ooh wait <laughs> Like, I now have the image of Matthew Perry with a sheep doing something yeah. in it. What's weirder about that, though, is not that Chandler... Like, the reason that joke sort of is a bit like, why is this joke? Is because it's like, it's not that Chandler has borrowed the sheep, it's that Rachel really wants it back. <laughs> like, it's an inflatable sheep. Like, the episode isn't a Halloween episode. Like, why is she so annoyed that he still has the sheep? Which speaks more about Rachel than it does about Chandler. <laughs> Yeah, that's a very good point. Thanks. <laughs> um, any other business? Have you got any any other business, Alex? Uh, Alex has taken so many notes for this podcast. How, how many pages of notes do you have? Made. I li- literally have about forty pages of do notes. You? Yeah, I'd oh, say quite okay. a weekend. I feel maybe the last few minutes of this should then just be you reading out the bits of notes that you made <laughs> that we haven't asked you about. <laughs> <laughs> as you were flicking through, as you were flicking through there, I've just seen the words "dick hole" written in large letters. <laughs> yeah, well, remember, I gil Google Gilga dip, I Gilga the Dilko. <laughs> <laughs> you killed uh, the devil. Yeah, yeah. I was drinking heavily. <laughs> yeah. um, this episode, I think, is excellent for quotes. I think there's so many quotes in this episode. Oh shit! Yeah. That I continue to use in everyday life. Mm. Get out of my chair, Dill holes. One. Um, the the Joey moment where he's impersonating the answer phone message. He's like, "What a cool <laughs> job that would be, Tonya. Please pass the pie." <laughs> and that, that's so brilliant because that again, this is just a moment aside from everything else. It is just a pure Joey moment. Yeah. And it's funny on so many levels. He's like, "What a great job. Like, yeah. yeah. What a what a great job." And it's like it's funny because like why like it's a robot voice. So it's like why would a robot want pie? <laughs> like, and also we haven't talked about like probably one of the most memorable scenes in Friends. Like. Period. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> oh, the, yeah, the lunging. Lunging. Could clothes. I be wearing any more clothes? All I thought watching that back. So that's a really iconic moment, yeah. isn't it? Joey with all of Chandler's clothes. 
how baggy were Chandler's shirts that he could put like 20 of them on and the top one still fitted over? Like this is a, because this is a 1997 episode, like mm. it actually gets away with it. You watch some of those episodes from like season two, three, maybe even four, like the late 90s episodes and like what they are wearing is ridiculous. Like you forget how bad sort of mid to late 90s fashion was. Mm. Like all the clothes are just massive. Like Chandler has a coat in one episode and it looks like someone's like wrapped a flag around a broom handle. <laughs> it's just too big. Everything's too big, isn't it? Everything's too big. And especially because one of them works in fashion. You're, we are led to believe a lot of these outfits are really on point for the time. Um, should we do the quiz? Woo! Yay! Great. That is the ambivalent Should we do response. the quiz? <laughs> um, <laughs> Less each time. <laughs> Um, we're just going to do a quick conflict. So we always have to do this, where we quickly look over the questions based on what our guest has already talked about and therefore told us that they knew for the quiz. It's quite a tri tricky quiz to write. So if you haven't listened to the podcast, we just do an attention to detail quiz. The lightning Five round. questions, the lightning We round. gave it a name in the first episode and then we've forgotten to give it that name in every following episode. Well, because, I mean, it's, it's at this pace. It's very much yeah. the opposite of a lightning round. Is there any mention of uh, the best uh, guest role in Friends, the glass of fat? I don't feel we've talked it's... about uh, that performance. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I'm going to get rid of the dinosaur tail because you very much said that you... you I mean, you've, we've, we've talked about that, haven't we? Yeah. We've got sort of five there. They're quite easy today I think and I'm going to preface that before you get them all wrong but I think they are quite easy because there's not a lot of because of the nature of the episode they're all in the apartment there's not a lot of like little strange details, details that we yeah. find okay. should we, should, should are we get... you setting me up for a fall here it's such an easy quiz it's really really easy I would be stunned if the answers to these questions aren't in your extensive notes yeah am I but allowed to refer no, to my notes allowed, you're not allowed to reference your notes but you can phone and phone and ask the audience that's literally one of them <laughs> They're sitting right my there, brain. and you're like, call someone who isn't in this my room. Brain, my brain. These was, people aren't good enough. Call someone else. The problem is, my brain was trying to turn phone a friend into a very clever, like, phone a member of the audience. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, that's just a different lifeline. Um, question one, really easy one. What's Richard's daughter's name? Uh, I think we've covered this. I'm right in thinking yeah. it is Claire. I'm joking, it's Michelle. There it is. Uh, yes, correct. One point. Uh, question two. According to the quiz that Chandler takes, what does he prioritise? There's a quiz in a magazine. Uh, career before uh, relationships. Uh... Women, girlfriends, husbands, boyfriends. Career before men. Yes! Uh, that was astonishing. I wish we were filming that. That was really quite a moment for Alex Zane. Uh, Jay, I've never bonus... felt so big. Bonus question, what magazine was it in? Oh, wow. Uh, I'm going to say Cosmopolitan. Correct. Yeah. I only ask because he literally holds it up to camera as if he's just going like, guys, guys. <laughs> like It's a proper product placement. Bit. You know what's weird about that? Which, again, I think tells you just, it establishes how close a group of friends they actually are. For him to have done that quiz, he's actually taken a poo at Monica and Rachel's apartment. Yeah. Bear in mind, he lives across the <laughs> corridor. There He's is... gone, I'm not gonna go home. I'm gonna take a shit here and do this quiz. Like, they're close, there's right? So I would much... not do that. No, there's so much inappropriate pooing in Friends. Joey and Chandler are often in that bathroom and they'll, they'll come out and make references like, oh, I'd leave that for a bit and that sort of thing. It's like, <laughs> your bathroom is so close. <laughs> it is mad. Um, on the subject of product placement as well, do you know Monica carries a little, little brown, brown little brown. But there's so much Bloomingdale's product placement yeah. in Friends. But that, the weird thing about that is 
There is no reference to why she's holding a bag. Nope. Like, she hasn't got anything in the bag, and, like, she's not, like, pulling a costume out of the bag. The, she just suddenly has a bag from, what is it, Macy's? Is it a no, Macy's? it's Bloomingdale's. Bloomingdale's, sorry. Brown, 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 it? yeah. Yeah. It's almost as if like, there's, like, this is the deal, guys. If mm. anyone's not holding a bag, but could be holding a bag, yep. <laughs> just just grab a bag and then walk into the apartment. Clearly, it didn't work on me at all. Macy's, is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great product placement. Is it Bloomingdale's? It yeah, is. Right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, question three. What did we've talked about this, but we haven't actually covered this? What did Chandler do with Rachel's inflatable sheep? Uh, he used it as a pillow when he went. Could he be any more camping? There it is. Yeah. Three out of three so far. Thanks. This is going very well. I'm glad they do clarify what he does with the inflatable sheep. Uh, next question. What is the name of the professor? Well, we've we've covered this. I yeah, think we you, have, but I we've run out of questions. So you yelled it. it, but if you can say it again. Really. <laughs> <laughs> Like what? Because we'll edit that bit out of the podcast and then it'll sound like you just know and you can get an extra point. Are you going to edit this bit out as well then? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Out, the name of the professor. So should we do it like really properly? Like, okay, hang on. Uh, you know what? I'm going to, I'm an R a bit, but know that I know it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Don't like tell me the answer because I'm pausing because I will say it eventually. That's fine. Okay, because I do know it. I'll how stop long, now. You, you how long are you going to pause for? Like enough for sort of dramatic tension. Okay. I don't know, like sort of about seven minutes. This is yeah. a live, live show exclusive. Yeah, you're seeing, exactly. you're seeing this. I just sort of, you know, just in case you need padding. Like, yeah, yeah, no, it's good. It's always good to have extra material. Yeah. Um, Alex, quite a tough question here for you actually. Oh. Uh, what is the, uh, what, oh. is, what is the name of the professor that oh. comes over to congratulate Ross? Oh, you've really done me here, Pete. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And I can't refer to my notes. You no. say no. Jeez. Oh, and I was doing so well in the quiz so far, it'd be a shame to drop this question. <laughs> Some real deep thoughts. Mm, yep. Yeah. yeah, that's enough, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's Sherman Whitfield! It's Sherman Whitfield! <laughs> I don't know where I plucked that from! <laughs> and this feels like an anti-climax, but question five, uh, where, where does he work? The, oh, shh, oh, good. Uh, genuinely, he works at the London Institute. He does, he yeah. does. Alex Zane, five out of five. Thank you. What a bloody dream. Hey, do you know what? I think that's basically it, isn't it? We've already done any other business, so nothing's uh, weird to do any other <laughs> Really? <laughs> One thing I think is really worth mentioning is the man who we met shortly before we came in here. Not Alex. Um, <laughs> we were next door, and uh, somebody else who's doing a podcast at this festival said... What? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, and he, he asked us why we were here. Yeah. And then he said a wonderful sentence. He said, I've, uh, I've, I've met the monkey from Friends. <laughs> And then went on to, in, into. I wasn't at that point. I think I was so overawed by what he'd said that I didn't listen to the context of how he'd ended up meeting the monkey. But then he described it, and this was such a such a good sentence. He went, "It was a wonderful monkey." <laughs> uh, I didn't need to know anymore. Like that's all I need. I love the fact that guy is at this podcast festival and yet hasn't come to this. <laughs> Yeah, I've met the monkey from Friends. Are you coming to Friends with Friends? <laughs> no. <laughs> we talked to him for about 20 minutes about Friends, and he should have been yeah. doing this show. So, uh, what are you doing here, Dave? Well, that is a question many people are asking. Um, but yeah, I was Travis McElroy, his name is. He does a podcast called My Brother, My Brother and Me, which is like really, really very famous podcast. And, uh, that's what was why the monkey context? He was at, uh, it was in San Diego, actually. He was at San Diego, the party zoo. 
Um, and he was doing a comic on there, and the monkey was there, apparently. Uh, Alex Zane, thank you so much. Uh, big round of applause, please, for Alex Zane. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.